Welcome to No Rain Date, a community podcast about local news and people. No Rain Date is a production of Saucon Source LLC. For more local news and information, please visit SaucinSource.com. Hello, and welcome to episode 33 of No Rain Date, your podcast for local news and information in the Lehigh Valley. I'm Josh Popachak, the host of No Rain Date and the publisher of Sock and Source. And these are some of the headlines that everyone in the community is talking about for the week ending December 19th, 2020. We had a big weather story this week, and that was in the form of a snowstorm, which hit on Wednesday, late in the day and continued overnight into Thursday. There was a fair amount of warning that this storm was coming, and people responded to that, of course. Communities declared snow emergencies, including Hellertown and Fountain Hill, so parking was banned on snow emergency routes. Of course, everybody was out at the stores stocking up on supplies before the storm, and it is a bit early for this amount of snow to fall In the last few years, we haven't seen bigger storms until later in the winter, and last year we didn't see any big snowstorms. The total snowfall for the entire season, I think, was something like five inches. So this storm actually gave us more snow than we saw all of last winter in one single storm. The amounts varied. I know Hellertown had a little over eight inches, according to the National Weather Service, at Lehigh Valley International Airport. The total recorded was 11 and a half inches, and Coopersburg had nine inches. So in the Lehigh Valley, the amounts were generally between eight inches and a foot. If you went a bit further north into the Poconos, I know they had as much as 15, 16 inches in, in spots. That was still a little less than they were warning us about. The Lehigh Valley was predicted to get anywhere from 12 to 20 inches in the Poconos, up to two feet. So in a way, we lucked out a little bit. It could have been worse. The timing of the storm was also somewhat fortuitous because it began Wednesday afternoon, but it didn't really begin snowing heavily until Wednesday night. And it snowed overnight quite a bit, but by the morning, it was over and done with. It was out of the area, just a few flakes. The temperature warmed up to a little bit above freezing, which helped melt some of the snow. It was a heavier wet snow. I can verify that. I can attest to that because I was out shoveling for a couple hours this morning. If you had a snowblower, or especially if you just bought a snowblower, you were a very happy person today. I guarantee that. But as I said, it did compress and melt a little bit today, but we're not even officially into winter yet, so we have a long way to go as far as snow is concerned. And if you're not a fan of snow, that might concern you a little bit. Whether we still have snow on the ground for Christmas remains to be seen. Christmas is about a week away, so there will certainly be some melting between now and then, and whether or not we have more snow before Christmas is a bit up in the air, but it is very pretty if you can enjoy it from the inside of your home or 
perhaps on a drive on the roads, which are pretty passable at this point. The main roads, anyway, were all heavily treated with salt, brine. They're down to the blacktop. So not too many issues with travel because of the weather, thankfully. This weekend might be a great opportunity to head out and see some holiday light displays. We have some of the best featured in our 2020 Holiday Lights Tour and Contest on Sock and Source. Voting is taking place right now, and you can do that by visiting SockandSource.com. Clicking on the article, you'll see all the entries listed along with a gallery of photos and a map so you can plan out a route. You can actually go out and look at the lights in person before you vote. That's something that might be fun to do for the family. And of course, it's it's safe to do that. You're not going to be interacting with anybody. You'll be in your vehicle. So it's a COVID-safe holiday activity. And we are very grateful to everyone who entered. We're also grateful to our two co-sponsors, Bob's Valley Wide Carpet Care and Blair Custom Homes Incorporated. They provided awesome prizes for the winners. We're going to have a winner in the home category and a winner in the business category. So you get to vote in both of those categories when you visit the poll story on SockAndSource.com. So check it out. I think you'll be inspired and it'll lift your spirits if you're feeling a little down just to see all those decorations. In other holiday-related news, it's going to be a big weekend for Santa Runs. We have a list of those published on SockAndSource.com. They're taking place Saturday and Sunday. And if you're not familiar with a Santa Run, essentially this is when the local volunteer firefighters give Santa a hand and they give him a ride on the fire trucks. It may be a a newer truck in Hellertown. Dewey Fire Company uses a decorated vintage fire truck to escort Santa around town. This year, the Lower Saucon Fire Companies, which are Lower Saucon Fire Rescue and Steel City Volunteer Fire Company, as well as Dewey, are sort of coordinating their runs. So they're all going to be taking place at roughly the same time which is Sunday, December 20th, between roughly noon and 4 p.m. So if you live in Hellertown, Dewey is going to have Santa. If you live in Steel City, Steel City is going to have Santa. And Lower Saucon Fire Rescue is going to cover the rest of Lower Saucon Township. Also on Sunday is the Coopersburg Santa Run which will be taking place in the borough of Coopersburg. And then on Saturday, we have Fountain Hills Santa Run from approximately noon to 4 p.m. And we also have the Upper Saucon Fire Department Santa Run, which will also be taking place in the afternoon in Upper Saucon Township. You can find more information about these events on the Facebook pages or websites for the fire companies. It's a great thing that the volunteers do, and this year it's going to bring smiles to many faces, smiles that are really needed because 2020 has been a stressful, difficult year, as we all know. If you want to smile, you know, listen for the sirens. That's typically how you know Santa's arriving, and be ready to head out and greet him. You might have to walk down a block to 
to stand on a street corner because sometimes the streets are a little narrow for Santa's sleigh to get down. But it's well worth it, and you might get a candy cane. So, of course, the fire departments are practicing COVID safety this year. Some things may be a little bit different. Be aware of that, but the basic fun is still going to be there. In other news, we have a story about restaurants that have been adapting to COVID-19 restrictions. Last week, of course, Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf announced a roughly three-week ban on indoor dining in Pennsylvania due to a surge in the number of COVID-19 cases. The surge continues with roughly about 10,000 new cases being reported a day. They're trying to get that number down and also to relieve some of the pressure on hospitals where hospitalizations have been rising along with uh, the number of people on ventilators due to COVID-19. So that's putting a strain on the healthcare network. And those were two of the main reasons for the new restrictions. Some restaurants have come up with some creative solutions to this involving outdoor tents or huts. Of course, they are sanitizing these individual self-contained sort of units after each use, it's a different way to eat, you could say. Bolite, which is a well-known restaurant in Salisbury Township, has a little clustering of sheds, which they're transforming into a Nordic village. That's pretty cool. Braveheart has an ice fishing tent out front, which seems appropriate given the amount of snow on the ground right now. It blends right in. But those are just two of the examples of what restaurant owners are doing. And, you know, if you don't feel comfortable eating in one of those spaces right now, you can still support the restaurants by purchasing a gift card. I know they would really appreciate it this holiday season. Gift cards also make great gifts, stocking stuffers. So regardless of of how you feel about dining out right now, think about the future and the future of these businesses that have given a lot to our community. I know I'm going to be doing that and I certainly hope you will too. And of course, check out our story for more information on what the local restaurants are doing. Something else that's sort of uplifting, we had a story about decorations along the Saucon Rail Trail in Hellertown, which appeared sort of magically in recent weeks. This is roughly between Water Street and Meadows Road, although I think they go south of Meadows Road a bit. And they're Christmas balls and other types of ornaments that are hung from branches of trees and shrubbery along the rail trail. Not a ton of them. They're spaced out, so it's sort of a a subtle effect, but that's noticeable due to the fact that there are no leaves on the trees right now. And I think with the snow, they'll stand out even more. We had a little story about that and, and jokingly talked about whether it was the elves that put them there. I think the mystery is a nice aspect to it. We don't need to know who did it. Just the fact that somebody thought to do that is pretty cool and and just a sign of how special this community is. It's bringing smiles to people's faces when they need that the most. If you're out on the trail, cross-country skiing, or just, you know, walking in the snow, look for those ornaments, and uh, I think you'll, you'll enjoy the sight of them. People will continue to use the trail more so in spite of the cold and snow just because 
it's an unusual December where some things are closed, traditional events aren't happening because of COVID-19, and um, people are looking for an outlet, especially in nature. Take advantage of it. You're going to have to plan your, your walk or your run a little more carefully since it's getting dark early. It's dark by around 5 o'clock now. If you do that and dress appropriately, you can have a great time out there. Another great news story is that the COVID-19 vaccine has officially arrived at local hospitals. St. Luke's University Health Network announced Thursday that they had administered the first dose of the vaccine to an employee who happens to be a nurse at their main hospital in Fountain Hill. This is obviously a momentous occasion. Everybody has been waiting for a vaccine for months, going on a year. It's our frontline healthcare workers who are getting it first, as they should, along with uh, residents of long-term care facilities and assisted living facilities, as well as EMS first responders. And this is the Pfizer vaccine. Everybody will receive two doses of it, and this is going to be rolled out to other groups of the population over a period of months. So, you know, millions of people won't be eligible to receive this probably until the spring. And there are also, you know, supply issues. There are 330 million people in the U.S. So the government is in the process of buying more doses of the vaccine to be administered in 2021. Until then, everybody has to continue to follow common sense safety guidelines. Of course, restrictions are going to remain in place, like the wearing of masks and social distancing. We all know the drill by now. Hopefully, we have to remain vigilant in order to protect ourselves and our loved ones. That's going to be the case definitely at Christmas. I know many families want to gather as normal. Uh, It's going to be a challenge. Uh, It's a challenge for my family. And there are no, no easy answers for it. You're kind of in a situation where you have to choose between being with the people you love the most and protecting them. And that's a decision many of us never thought we would have to face. I wish everybody the best in, in dealing with that in their own way. And it is a very personal decision. So COVID t- testing is you know, available. Certainly locally, it's available at the Rite Aid in Hellertown. It's also available at the CVS in Coopersburg. Our hospitals, including St. Luke's University Health Network and other urgent care centers, it's not difficult to find a location to get tested. Return time for the results can vary, but it's typically from two to four days right now. If you feel that you need to get tested before Christmas, you should probably do that ASAP because otherwise it's not going to come back. The result won't come back until after the holiday. But we'll continue to update you on COVID-19, of course, and the distribution of the vaccine, which is going to be ramping up for healthcare workers uh, in the coming weeks. And that's pretty exciting. Once again, please take a moment to visit our lights contest story, vote in the poll. We also have something new for you this week on No Rain Date, and that is our reporter and producer, Johnny Hart, who's going to be telling us a little bit about 
the story he wrote about the restaurants. I'm going to go a little bit more in depth into that and also share some reader reactions to it. This story generated a lot of engagement on our Facebook page with something like 100 comments last time I checked, expressing all different kinds of views about the restaurants and, and what they're doing. A lot of them are expressing frustration with the situation overall, which is understandable. But as I said, let's not take it out on the business owners because most of them are doing the best they can in a difficult situation and would really appreciate your support, whether it's, you know, writing a a positive review, if you can't afford to buy a gift card right now, or something along those lines. Pretty much everybody can do something to help them out and help out local businesses in general. Please buy local this holiday season. There's never been a more important time for that. And I know we say that every year. It's not a broken record, though. These are the businesses that support our community all year round by doing things like sponsored Little League teams and buy ads in your daughter's high school theater program. You know, take a moment to think about that before you hit the buy now button on Amazon.com, although that's tempting when there is a pandemic and we're told to have less contact with people. But there are other options, and a lot of these businesses will go above and beyond to make sure that you are not only safe you know, when you're purchasing from them, but that you have continued support for your purchase after you buy it. You're not going to get that from a big box store or an online retailer. All right, and that's the news for this week. We'll see you next week with our final roundup for 2020. Here at Sock and Source, our mission is to provide information and make it as available as possible to the people in our community. A large part of that is a public service, and we're grateful for the support we have from local advertisers because that revenue helps keep the information flowing to you, our readers and listeners. Local news production does cost money, and that's why we've also introduced a voluntary membership option on Sock and Source, and we'd like to tell you a little more about that. Essentially, the membership is a recurring monthly contribution that shows your support for the work that we're doing. It helps guarantee that the information will remain free and accessible to you as well as to others in our community and it also helps fund our future growth. Sock and Source is growing and we're expanding our coverage area. The more support we receive from the community, the better coverage we can provide and the more useful the site will be to you. So that's why we would invite you to visit our membership page on the website sockandsource.com. You can do that by clicking on join under my sock and source, which you'll see on the right side of your screen if you're on a desktop or at the bottom of any article page. You'll see several membership options, including a monthly membership for $7, a four-month membership for $25, or a yearly membership for $70. These are strictly voluntary contribution levels, and they're not any part of a paywall. There's no requirement to contribute, but we are grateful for those who have already done so, and we hope that you will consider purchasing a membership in the future. Doing so is quick and easy. You can do it securely online, and you can cancel at any time. Thank you again to all our current members, and thank you for considering becoming a future member. Hey there, No Rain Daters. It's Johnny Hart here, reporter for Sock and Source and producer of our podcast. 
As Josh relayed in the roundup, we did a lot of reporting this week, but our story about local restaurant owners adapting to the latest round of restrictions seemed to really resonate with our readers. And I think that's a good thing. I think it shows just how much of a vested interest our community has in the dining scene. And I think it also speaks to how great of a restaurant scene we are fortunate to have. And quite frankly, I think a lot of people miss that. Regardless of who you are and what you've been doing this year, you almost certainly haven't been able to enjoy a meal at your favorite local restaurant as much as usual. So we just wanted to spend some time in this episode relaying some of your words and thoughts about what restaurant owners have been doing in response to the newest restrictions. And I also want to just round up that article a bit if you haven't had the chance to check it out and read about the interesting things that restaurants in our area are doing. So as Josh mentioned, the article on Facebook received a lot of interaction, and we liked seeing that, and we hope you'll enjoy some summarization of what readers are saying. The feedback to the story was certainly mixed, but it was nice to see a lot of people expressing support for the efforts of the restaurants we featured. One reader thanked Hellertown's Braveheart Highland Pub for continuing to serve the community, whichever way the customers want to dine, and I think that's worth appreciating too. Throughout this entire pandemic, there have been ways for restaurants to serve customers, even if it was just staying open for takeout business. And our local restaurants have done an excellent job of adapting and providing ways to serve customers under whatever the current restrictions are. If you need to consult with someone about problem solving or adapting to the circumstances or thinking on their feet, I would really consider talking to a local restaurant owner. All year long, they've had to find new ways to adapt, and they have my utmost respect for those efforts. I've had the chance to report on restaurants responding to dining restrictions a few times this year, and I'm always impressed by what I hear from the folks I speak to. One reader commented that she and her daughter had been ordering takeout from restaurants to show their support. This commenter said that she's not comfortable dining inside, but still likes to give restaurants business. And this is a point that Josh has made and that I will surely be making in this segment. I also spoke to Rachel Griffith, who owns the Apollo Grill in Bethlehem for this story. And she made this point too, which is that there are lots and lots and lots of ways to support local restaurants and businesses. And ordering takeout is just one of those ways. You can also purchase gift cards, you can even just leave a nice review for one of your favorite restaurants or businesses online. A lot of local businesses now have online stores where you can purchase their products. So we'd like to just encourage you to consider doing a little bit more of that this season. Rachel is a great cheerleader for her fellow small businesses, and I actually encourage you to follow the Apollo Grill on Facebook. She's made a couple posts kind of along these same lines and they've gotten some traction online. So it's cool to see and I encourage you all to check out her thoughts and words on the matter. We received comments from readers who basically said that they won't be dining in tents or sheds or similar arrangements that restaurants have been making. A lot of people pointed out that to them, these tent arrangements are no different than indoor dining and even criticizing the government for maybe trying to make a distinction there. I think I even saw a meme or two in the comments section to that effect. There was a comment from someone who said that they won't hate on any business for trying to survive, but they were baffled by how the public is okay with dining in a tent, but not a standard restaurant. And I think that to some degree, this criticism is fair and that it's everybody's responsibility to look after their health and the health of those around them. Some of these arrangements might not be optimal for you, and that's fine. I like how that one person who commented basically said that while these dining arrangements aren't for them, they are still committed to supporting local businesses. 
But Josh did mention that these restaurants are taking every COVID precaution necessary, and I think it's worth stressing again. And I also think that people will be surprised how different these dining experiences are from a regular indoor dining experience this time of year. For one thing, there is direct ventilation to the outside going on in all of these arrangements. Apollo's tent has a completely open side. Braveheart's new deck has slots underneath it. And this results in airflow that makes it very different from indoor dining. And if you plan on enjoying a meal at any of these places, you'll notice that airflow, probably first and foremost in your body temperature. You're not going to be freezing, but it will be different from a cozy indoor dinner this time of year. Andy Lee of Braveheart compared it to dining on a fall day. Like, you'll be comfortable, but it is different from dining indoors. And you'll certainly experience that if you choose to take advantage of any of these dining accommodations. And we want to encourage you to take advantage of these dining accommodations if you can. And if you cannot, we'd encourage you to adopt the approach of that commenter. Support however you can. Rachel gave me a really good quote that I didn't include in the story, but it was something to the effect of how we've already made Jeff Bezos, the CEO of Amazon, the richest man in the world. And like how much richer does he need to get? And Josh alluded to this too. If there ever was a year to try and support local businesses, it would be 2020, and it's been said a million times. And it might take some extra effort on your end, but just understand that that effort is greatly needed and greatly appreciated. We had one commenter mention that they felt bad for the restaurants for all of the extra money that they had to dole out to comply with dining restrictions all year. And that is another good thing to consider. I know the deck Braveheart had installed over the summer, and now the heavy-duty canvas they're affixing to it. I know all of that was not cheap. Rachel told me that the cost of propane to heat their, the Apollo Grill's outdoor tent is a new and hefty expense that they're not used to having to deal with. I think she told me that a 100-pound propane tank lasts about 10 hours, and that's it. So it's a good point. But it's amazing to me that even with all these added expenses, these restaurants and small businesses haven't forgotten about their commitment to the community. About a month ago, I reported on the Apollo Grill's contribution of $50,000 to a local scholarship fund, which was incredible. And if you Google Sock and Source Apollo Grill, it should be one of the top results if you want to read about it. But this is the first year that they've done that. And to make a contribution like that in 2020, with everything that has gone on, I think it just speaks volumes about that restaurant's commitment to the community. And the Apollo Grill is certainly not the only one doing that sort of thing. Another popular thing that restaurants are doing that I reported on in this story is offering some sort of at-home experience. Plenty of places have special takeout deals or even like a special holiday meal for Christmas or New Year's. And if you're not in the mood to cook around the holidays, I would definitely check out the story on Sock and Source because I do mention a few of these deals. Or for that matter, just check with your favorite restaurant. Maybe they're doing something similar. But what Yanni's Taverna is doing with their Yanni's experience is pretty cool and I think it's worth checking out. It's more than merely providing you food to eat at your house. They send someone from the restaurant who is knowledgeable about your meal to deliver it. That person gives you advice on prepping the food, even cocktail pairings and playlist suggestions. All from a safe distance, of course, the whole thing is contactless. But they're really trying to give you an authentic dining experience from your home and I think that's pretty cool. So what I think is most important to keep in mind is that these businesses are really trying to be creative and they're being forced to try new things and nobody really knows what's going to work. But if you're in a position to give some of these ideas a shot, we really urge you to do that. It might be easy to look at these things as if there's some sort of consolation for not being able to enjoy the same experiences we had pre-COVID. But I heard some really unique things from the restaurant folks that I spoke to, and you might try out one of these experiences and find that you really like it, or that it's maybe something you would do even if we weren't in the middle of a pandemic. 
Maybe COVID will introduce some new practices that we all like and some of this stuff will stick. Maybe we'll look back on this bizarre COVID era and realize that it did offer us some, you know, pretty cool, unique experiences. And perhaps even we'll think we didn't take full advantage of some of these things. So anyways, I think the bottom line is that these businesses are trying to be creative with how they respond to these restrictions. And regardless of how you feel about those restrictions, we should all try to continue to give them business and show them that we support them and that we care about them and that we need them really. And it was nice to see that sentiment in the feedback from our readers. And even the more negative comments weren't really aimed at the restaurants, more so just expressing frustration in the situation in general, which I certainly understand. But we really appreciated all the feedback from our readers and listeners, and we would like to hear more of it. We hope you will also enjoy having your feedback sort of summarized this way for you. So keep on telling us your thoughts. Keep on hopping in the comment section and letting us know how you feel about the stories we're reporting. And I hope to be back to report on how our readers feel again sometime very soon. We've been recording No Rain Date since late 2019, and we've produced a fair number of episodes at this point. We would love to hear your feedback about what we're doing. What makes you tune in every week? What ideas do you have for interview guests? Is there something that you think the podcast is missing? Feel free to share your thoughts, whether they're good, bad, or indifferent with us. You can do that by emailing josh at josh at sockandsource.com. No Rain Date is a local news and information podcast, and we focus on the Saucon Valley. However, our guests are from the Lehigh Valley and beyond. So please try and keep that in the back of your mind when you're thinking about ideas for future episodes. Thank you. No Rain Date is an original production of Sock and Source, LLC. Our theme music is provided by This Way to the Egress. For more great music by them, be sure to follow This Way to the Egress on Spotify. Thank you for listening. Every night, he climbs the tower, sees your face.